You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Good, awesome, glorious, fantastic morning, afternoon, night time. Yeah, add whatever adjective you want as long as it's God Lee. Okay. As long as it's a God adjective. Thank you for joining us. Whenever you're listening, we are super thankful to have you. And we have another guest. We're super thankful to have him. And I yeah. just want to say, Pastor Shane, I don't know if I've always represented you in the best way on this podcast. I knew I <laughs> mentioned that you eat fish skin, which might have thrown a little I do thrown love some people fish. off. Yeah. And I think there's probably some good health benefits from eating fish skin. I don't know. You haven't grown any scales of your own. No. So that's a that's good. That's good that you, you can dry encounter. fish skin and crumble it on top of any dish that you'd like. My uncle taught me that. Oh, this is he new. had salmon sushi and he okay. took the skin and he smoked it like crazy till it was like brittle and then crumbled it up and sprinkled it, sprinkled it on top of that. Nice. Sushi. I want to let people know that speaking on food and Pastor Shane, who's with us again, yeah. there's something that we both agree with and we believe God for, and that is. You might not know this, Pastor Jonathan, but a missionary stomach. You heard me say that? Like yeah. up in the kitchen? I've experienced the missionary stomach one time in Peru. Other oh. than that, it's been hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Pastor Shane and I, we could say that we have an iron stomach, but hey, missionary stomach, which means we can eat anything under any circumstance yeah. and continue to do God's will. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that most of you know who Pastor Shane is. We say Pastor Shane because he's here at New Creation Church on pastoral staff. You don't really see him on Sunday mornings if you go to the NCC Glenwood campus. Right. That's because he's holding down the fort at NCC Meeker. Yes. And so we're so thankful that you yeah. and your wife do that. Amen. It's an honor. It's a privilege. So uh, thanks for having me on here and thanks for uh, inviting me and uh Thanks yeah. for Pastor Mark and Pastor Tasha allowing us to do what we're doing today. And so it's mm -hmm. just an honor to be good to uh, just share what yeah. God's doing in the body here. And uh, yeah, it's a privilege to get to do what Ashley and I get to yeah. do. Um, and so we serve in different capacities, ultimately with the Meeker campus. We also are here, uh, you know, at the main campus. I call it the main campus. And so uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the uh, hub of where everything is flowing from. And so... Amen. Yeah, we get to serve in different capacities with maintenance, or myself. Ashley does not serve in the maintenance department, but... Although she'd uh, be willing. She would I think be willing. she may have laminated a piece of paper for me that I put out on the property to say that people shouldn't walk on grass. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, she's had a hand in maintenance right. to a degree. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I just want to make mention of this. Thank you for acknowledging that we really are blessed and privileged to be at this campus and this church. And yes, thank you to Pastor Mark and Tasha for giving us the opportunity to even do the yes. podcast Amen. today. Yeah. Uh, you've been to different churches and man, I'm thankful for every single church and everyone that glorifies the name of Jesus and leads people into new life in Christ. But you were drawn to this church and maybe for some of us who've just constantly gone here, maybe been born here, have forgotten what's great about this church. What drew you to NCC? Man, I tell you, uh, so this is like, uh, one of the, you know, you have these monumental moments in your walk with the Lord. I know what you mean. And you have these experiences, like you could say it almost was like seared in your me memory. And this was Dude. one of them. I remember sitting uh, midsection, not to get super detailed. What but, chair? Uh, <laughs> third row back. <laughs> and uh, and Ashley's cousin invited her for a women's conference. She came uh, not only one year, but the second year she came, she kept talking about this pastor. 
and about how, you know, the women's conference impacted her and the, the senior pastor on a Sunday morning. And I just said, man, I have to go experience not only the church, but the mountains. So I, I came really because I saw the beauty of the pictures and the mountains. And we live in such a beautiful place. We're so blessed really in this valley. And so, but I began to listen to some messages that she was listening to. And there was a, there was a common theme that was being spoke throughout all these messages. And it was the victory we have in Christ. Praise God. And I just kept hearing this common theme being spoke through this pastor who is now my pastor that I have the honor and privilege to serve underneath. And so I just said, man, I want to go and experience, uh, what God's doing in, you know, my wife's life. And so in her heart. So we come up here and we're sitting in a service and I'll never forget this. Uh, I sit down, not even the worship starts kicking off. And I remember God saying, this is where I'm going to train you. This is where I'm going to send you out. And uh, so after I got out of the service, I actually run into you and both of you, but both Pastor Jonathan and John P. And I think uh, um, Dustin was there, yeah. Dustin Merrill, yeah. was at a Starbucks in Glenwood. And you looked at me and you said to me, you said, are you moving here? And I said, no, I'm not. And then you, I think, said, are you sure you're not moving here? And Dustin's like, no, I think he's moving here. Like kind of, you guys were <laughs> wow. playing around. So after God spoke that to you, that you'd be trained here and sent out from here, you, denied you run it. into us. <laughs> yes. He had no immediate plans <laughs> right, right. to move. So we'll give you a pass right. on not lying to us right. and to God. So that's crazy. That's like a God thing. That well, happened there. yeah. So it gets even crazier. We go back to Florida. And so my wife and I served on staff at an Assembly of God church as children's pastors. And my wife was the creative arts director, which is a fancy name for doing graphics and video. <laughs> She's <laughs> amazing at it. She's awesome. And so she she serves on staff and uh, uh, her and I both serve on staff there. And so we go back. We're in a staff meeting. The maintenance director walks up to me with a Denver's Bronco football and hands it to me. And he goes, I feel like this is supposed to mean something to you. I don't know why, Whoa. but he goes, God told me to give this to you. And I'm I've like, never uh, heard that. Yeah. That's wild. Denver too. Yeah. Broncos. Uh, it gets, it can get crazier, but we don't have to go into that. Yeah. There was just so many times it got to the place where God basically, he said this, he said, um, he spoke to me. He said, I want you to go to Colorado and I want you to go to this Bible school. And I said, man, I'm already trained. I had all these excuses. And God says, it's fine. I'll send someone else. Ooh. And when he said that, wow. I stopped and said, okay, I'll obey. How long of a process was it from you talking to us in Starbucks in the foyer of the church <laughs> to you actually moving out here, moving your family and going to Bible school at Glenwood Springs New Creation School of the Bible? So it probably was about a year and a half. Uh, we just bought a house. Uh, we in Florida. In Florida. The neighborhood we always dreamed and prayed wow. about. The house. You were living the American dream. <laughs> it was the house we were praying and saving up for, and we were renovating it, and it was the place we wanted to really bring our kids and raise our kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything was good. We were uh, just doing great as far as what we were doing in the children's ministry. We were growing. Uh, man, God was doing such amazing things. And then right after that, God says, now I want you to move. And so I'll never forget this conversation that Ashley had. She said to me, she said, if a house is holding us back, she goes, we need to reevaluate how we obey God. And I'll never forget that moment. It's a wise woman. It was a house. And I'm like, we just bought this house and you know, all these things. We just put this money into this house. And so, yeah. So fast forward, it, it was about a year and a half. We just found out we were pregnant with Brooks. 
My wife was pregnant. I wasn't pregnant. But my wife. <laughs> you two are one. Yeah, we you were can one. Say that. I'll give <laughs> so, you a pass there too. So we were just we we just found out we were pregnant with Brooks, and uh, so we were like, "How is that going to happen?" Moving out to a the only family we had was was Ashley's cousin at the time, and so well, her aunt lives here, but you know, it just it was just one of those moments where we were thinking about all the what ifs. We just had to just say, you know what? We don't know how this is going to work out, but we're just going to obey. If God says, okay, I'm going to send someone else, I said, okay. I'd hate to get to heaven and God say, this is what I had for you. These are the people that I wanted you to affect in Colorado, Ouch. but you said otherwise. But God, look at my house. <laughs> look at my house. <laughs> exactly. Look at my house. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that your wife was more passionate about coming to Colorado than you? Or? At first, yes. I wasn't on board. Um Partly is because I, I made an inner vow, which you should probably never do. I said, I will never leave full-time ministry. I made that. I've said it to my wife. I said, I'll never leave full-time ministry. I said, God would have to literally shake me face to face. And that's a really wow. horrible approach to obeying. But um, that was where I was. I was kind of stubborn in, in that sense. Mm. And God just said, okay, I'm going to change the way that you do ministry. And I think ultimately that's what God was doing is God wanted to rearrange the way I approached loving people. Well, I think that's a great transition yeah. because you mentioned that when you came to Colorado or you started listening to messages from Pastor Mark, you just heard a theme yes. of victory. Yes. And Pastor Mark has said that that's his message. That's yeah. his theme. Victory. You know, I in preparing to have you on the podcast, I had a conversation with your wife because I thought, who's going to know Pastor Shane better than your <laughs> <laughs> than your wife, right, Ashley. Right. So I said, Ashley, I'm thinking about having Pastor Shane on the podcast. You're his wife. Uh, what would be the subject that Pastor Shane mm. would do the best at? And what did she say? She said, when I think of Shane, I think of love. Wow. What, what a great thing for a wife to say about <laughs> yeah. the husband. Amen. He, look, he's getting choked up even now. That's one thing I love about you. I was going to say this earlier. I haven't met a single person in my life who operates in more compassion and love and empathy on a daily basis mm. than you. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. You're Good. welcome. I Amen. second that. There's yeah. one person who, I don't know if they listen to this podcast, is right up there with you, and that's Jason Razor. Okay. Absolutely. But I do know Jason. No, I, I mean, I feel a little convicted. I feel like I made a comparison. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> so God forgive me. And keep this podcast. I'll going. give you a pass. Uh, <laughs> so that was a that was a really good introduction. So some if people didn't know um how a Florida boy got to Colorado right. and gave them From the, the abbreviated version. The so let's just jump right into this. I know you got some thoughts you were sharing before us on 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 love, and it was very uh, enlightening. So I'd love for you to just take a deep dive Amen. into the book of love. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well, when you talk about the book of love, we ultimately think of 1 Corinthians 13, and we say that is the chapter, or people begin to uh, describe that is the book of love, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, if you read from Genesis to Revelation, the whole thing is pointing towards the love of, love of God. I'm talking about even from the places where God says, I want you to go into this place and I want you to wipe them out. And so we think of uh, cruelty. We think of depicting of, uh, you know, how is it that God could love when we start seeing these stories from Genesis and Deuteronomy? And, and then you look in Revelation and you see of all these things that, that are happening about, you know, uh, Armageddon, the, the lead up of Arm Armageddon and all these end time prophecies being fulfilled in the book of Revelation. And I was even reading this morning in the book of Revelation 
And uh, there's this place where those who actually begin to uh, oppose God's plan, there's a place where all these things are happening and hail's falling, and it says they cried out to the one who was on the throne. And as I was reading that, you can look at it from face value and just think, wow, that seems harsh, that seems very unloving. But they cried out to the one who was on the throne, let us not see his face. And when I read that, I thought, wow, they have so disconnected their heart from God's heart to the place that they didn't actually realize his heart was to save them. And so when you look at it from that perspective that God is love, we see that in First, First John 4, God is love, the foundation of who he is and what he operates in, and in fact, in how he conducts himself, communicates himself, and expresses himself is through love. And when you read in Revelation, all these things are done through love. And so God's love is so powerful. And I'm going to re-echo something Pastor Mark has said. Uh, God's love is the most, not one, but the most powerful force in all of the universe. And so a fresh perspective of God's love will actually get you to look at your situation in a different perspective. Amen. Mm. Amen. What, what do you mean when you say that, a fresh perspective of God's love? So ultimately, our mind is so easily uh, skewed by our feelings, because we, we you know, Pastor Mark talks about this in Bible school, and uh, that's one of the things that I fell in love with was the teaching of we're a triune being. You, you have a body, but you're first a spirit. But we ultimately... What we usually operate in is in the realm of the soul realm, which is what I feel, what I experience right now in the temporal. I like that description. I've never heard yeah. it quite said that way. And so we He's, operate in that soul realm. One more so, time. So, so you do have a body that feels your flesh. Mm -hmm. you, you first are a spirit, but the place that we typically operate in is that soul realm mm -hmm which is what I'm experiencing right now. But here's what you have to realize. You serve an eternal God. So you're trying to understand temporal moments through an eternal God. And so we get it backwards when we start looking at what I'm experiencing right now, which is temporal. And we look at those things and we forget that we serve an eternal God. So God's eternity and his covenant and his promises want to be fulfilled in that temporal moment. And so we ultimately look at that temporal moment as something that we begin to say, this is the whole story. Mm -hmm. That's not the whole story. That's not the whole end game of what you're experiencing right now. Are you saying that if we interpret life's situations and ultimately God, based off what's happening temporarily, we'll have a skewed view of God's love. But if we interpret our temporary temporal. through eternity and who God is, then we gain love's perspective. Yes. That's good. I think that sheds some light on what you just previously said about why he operated in certain ways he did that we would think that's not love. He's looking through the whole span of eternity. We're looking in a temporal moment where something's harsh in that moment, but we miss the forest for the trees. Yep. And the trees, you know, or the forest would be eternity. The tree in front of us is the temporary moment. There's reasons and things that we may not understand until we get to the other side, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, but always being able to process, not in the temporary, but in the eternal. I like what you said, getting a fresh perspective. Um, 
I was just thinking about when I think of fresh, um, I don't know. I always think of fish <laughs> tuna. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, first time I went to Hawaii, they're like, you got to try the tuna. I'm like, I've tried tuna. Like, it's fine. Whatever. Not, I'm not talking canned tuna, but like, right. you know, seared ahi tuna or whatnot. I'm like, I've tried it before. I know what tuna tastes like. They said, mm -hmm. no, no, no. This is fresh tuna. It's not shipped in. Wow. So I had that tuna. I had a fresh perspective of what wow. a poke bowl was, right? And then I came back to Colorado, <laughs> had it again. I'm like, this is not the same. It's so not the same, sometimes yeah. you just need to get a fresh perspective. And the what reason the why it was so fresh is, is yeah. it was close to the source, right? Yeah. So sometimes we hear love teaching 15 years ago. We go, I got that. I got that. And we don't, we're getting farther and farther away from the source. Right. And we get a, we get fresh teaching on that and we get close to the heart of god yeah it's like Amen. being close to the ocean and having a fresh poke bowl that's my little two cents how about <laughs> you start and let, let, let's dive into it a little bit more well you know when you think about god's love you know i i, I already said this but first john 4 talks about that god is love and because god is love that's the foundation of who he is and so when you think about a foundation it it has to be excavated. There's there's a pouring, right? There's there's uh, I'm not a uh, professional construction worker. I've seen some of the process, right? I've not necessarily worked for a concrete business, but I've worked in some construction in the level of knowing that that foundation is so important. Mm -hmm. And so when you walk into a nice home, which there's a lot of beautiful homes. We have Aspen just an hour away. I mean, some of the most beautiful homes that you could probably tour or experience and see are just right around the corner from us. Uh, and so you have these beautiful homes that people come and they'll they'll see the the beauty of, you know, the texture of the paint and how people can do different textures and I do some painting here and there and so you know uh or or they'll see the they'll see the cabinetry. They'll see yeah. the the craftsmanship, the marble countertops, the marble counters, the chandeliers. The chandel yeah. They'll see the doors, the mahogany, the, the oaks. Yeah. They'll begin to see all these okay. different elements. And no one walks into the home and first thing say, wow, what a beautiful foundation. <laughs> but when they sit on that beautiful leather couch and they're having fellowship and they're sipping coffee and they're enjoying fellowship, mm. they're not actually acknowledging the integrity of that foundation that's upholding them. Right. But yet that's the one thing that's upholding them. Right. You couldn't and, have fellowship without... Without that foundation. Without the foundation, you're not sipping the coffee. You're not sitting on the leather couch without a good foundation. And everything is built around God's foundation, which is what? Love. love. The premise of who he is, the essence of who he is, is love. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking what people acknowledge is the temporal. It's the soulish realm, what they're experiencing in that moment. They're experiencing the marble countertops. They're experiencing the cabinetry. Yes. But the foundation was there before that. Right? Yes. And, and what it's going to last not, longer it's than gonna anything last longer. in the house. So, <laughs> Come on. Yes, that's good. What is temporal, what, what was created by what wasn't temporal. Yeah. So that's a love perspective in that. It just connects what you were saying previously. Yeah. Keep going. Amen. And if you look at actually the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about that um, the first element of the fruit of the Spirit is love. So when you bite into like a fruit, you're experiencing that first outer layer. You're 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 experiencing the crisp the crispness of maybe the apple, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there's some there's some el there's some elements to that fruit that you're enjoying. Some other hints of this and that, 
But that first experience, that outer layer, is what you're going to experience. And so when you experience the fullness of everything that the Spirit has, it's first going to be the love of God. Everything. And you think about what what Christ said. Christ says that they will know your true followers. One translation says, disciples of mine by the way you what? Love one another. The way you love one another. And so how can you view a God who is love when God put people in your life to love? And so that kind of leads me to this this next thought that I want to throw on the table Mm -hmm. is, yes, God is love. Who he is is love. But ultimately, God has called us to love him, right? Because Christ said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. What was he dealing with? All those things are inner components. He was dealing with thoughts, desires, purpose, goals, ambitions, aspirations. Mm -hmm. He was dealing with all the things that you will deal with on the inside. And he says, so when you start dealing with the love of God on the inside, then you can start dealing with the love of God with those around you. So first you have to recognize and have a revelation of his love, of what he's done for you through the cross and the resurrection and the ascension. And then as you understand that, then you begin to operate in that love for loving one another. Because he first said, love the Lord your God. And then secondly, he said, is just likened to it also. Mm-hmm. He didn't say it's lower or higher. He says, this is, this is actually Same. together. They're Almost connected. an outflow. Yeah. He said, then you'll love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's and what is that? That's an agape love. And we're very well taught here. If you've been through Bible school and you've heard teachings that Pastor Mark and Pastor Tasha or other ministers that have come in this house of worship and have taught on this one thing is about the agape love. And remember this, what did the psalmist David said? He said that God's love, what forever? Endures. It endures forever. So a thought that I want to put out here is that God's love endures forever. This kind of love that we're talking about is an enduring type of love. So when we, when we talk about God's love, we ultimately think about feelings that are good, goosebumps that we have in worship, uh, those moments where we're just like mountaintop experiences. But could I just propose this? What if it's even in the shadow of the mm-hmm. valley of the death that we still experience his love yeah. to a greater degree? I'm on board with what you just said. I was going to say, I really like that idea. So we, we love the mountaintop experiences, yeah. right? The, the, the places that we experience his love during a fellowship time mm-hmm. and worship, during the corporate time. But let's just be honest. The worship band's not with us as we're going from work or we're in the staff meeting or we're in the process of trying to troubleshoot something that's overwhelming us or we're in the midst of of trying to understand a loving God when we're experiencing loss, sorrow, grief. But it's actually in the sorrow and the grief that actually his love is revealed to a greater degree. If you'll lean in, if you'll begin to behold his glory, begin to understand that his love is so great, so powerful, that he's going to begin to stick with you closer than a brother. He's going to begin to speak to you that his, his presence will be made known, and more powerful, he's going to be so close to you in those moments. But it's in those moments we begin to ask questions, right? And so I want to just go back to this this thought is that God's love is enduring. 
God's love is enduring. And so one of the things that the word begins to describe, how do we know that we're in the last days? And he says right here, Christ begins to, d- to show this uh, description. How do you know we're in the last days? And it's in Matthew 24, 12. And he says, because of the iniquity shall abound. So what's that iniquity? It's sin, selfishness. It's my own way. If you read in, in Romans, there's a way that seems right to a man, but ultimately it doesn't lead to life, right? And so the iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. And that word love is an agape love. So in other words, he's not talking to unbelievers. And you say that because you don't receive that type of love, the God kind of love, agape love, until you get born again. Right. So therefore, if he's saying the love, the agape of many will grow cold, it's saying these are people who know me, who received the essence of who I am, and that's falling away or describe to me what wax cold means. So yeah, he says, um, you know, the love of many will wax cold. And so I begin to look that down and break it down and if you go into reading what this uh, what this is describing, it's describing something that's harsh. And, and and what is he describing here? It actually is describing one who is experiencing like a cold winter breeze. And so I have I, I know that uh, for those that are listening, they can't see what we have here on the table. But what I'm holding in my left hand is a candle, and what I'm holding in my right hand is a is a lighter. And so ultimately, God's love is the flame. It's like that song. You've, you've sang yeah, this before. Come on. The you, wick, your love is the flame. That's the, house directly out of uh, Psalms. Yes. Yep. So we are the wick. Yep. His love is the flame. And so the enemy's number one objective is for us to lose faith. And he does it by agitation of consistently hitting us in areas of doubt weariness, to get tired, Mm -hmm. to give up, and to look not to our salvation, but to look to our own. Mm -hmm. He's he's calling us, uh, and and we ultimately kind of coin that that he's calling us to God, but actually the enemy's calling you too. So you can listen to a voice. You can either, go ahead. No, finish your thought. You can either listen to the voice of the shepherd who we need to be familiar with, or we can listen to the voice of a stranger, which we're called not to follow, right. but he's calling us, the enemy's trying to persuade us to get to listen to his voice about weariness, about being heavy laden, about being uh, yeah. uh, overworked. And so we get wax cold by this. Situations, events of life, high level of disappointment, rejection, uncertainty, and even misunderstanding of who he is. And there's a lot there if people should rewind that and listen to that. And so if you're experiencing these things, you can automatically know that that is an indicator that you are trying to be summoned by the enemy to go in a different direction. Hmm. What I was going to say earlier is I like what you had to say with agitation. And we're well taught here from Pastor Mark. And when Peter was having his moment with Jesus before Jesus was delivered to the cross and Jesus told him, hey, Satan has sought out to sift you. That word is agitation of the mind. Yes. And it's interesting. I was even listening to Rick Renner. Again, great teachers that we know of and we've learned from. But Rick Renner said the name 
devil is from Diablo, mm-hmm. which actually means repeated blows yes. to yeah. the head. Yes. To gain entrance. Yes. So, so that's wow. kind of, is that kind of what you're describing yes. in what's happening? So yes. if you look at, I, I love <laughs> boxing. I don't follow all the all the different athletes. That, Canelo's boss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right now, but, it's all about Jake Paul, guys. <laughs> but I, I, I love, it. I love it in a sense that I like watching that because there's such an element that describes our faith. There's, there's something you can learn in the way that they train and the way that they, uh, that defense that they put up, um, and how they begin to, uh, how they exchange blows, if you will, or hits or punches or however you want to term it. But there's something that if you'll watch that if there's a if there's a uh an opponent who gets hit in the ribs or a or a kidney shot, a spleen shot, once they get hit there, their hands drop and they can't actually begin to really uh uh defend themselves there because the face is such a, a vulnerable place. So their hands will drop and the enemy knows that once the hands drop, man, they're free game. And he'll continue to hit that spleen. He'll continue to hit that place. If you watch Karate Kid or any of these movies, right, they're going to continue to hit the one place that's been wounded. And that's where defeat happens is when he'll continue to hit. But how do we respond? We respond to that when we find ourselves in prayer, in the Word. Mm -hmm. And how we continue to press in with the love of God. We continue to seek his face. We continue to, as what Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Right. And then all these other things that you're, I'm paraphrasing here, all these other things that you're so consumed with will begin to be added to you. So Pastor Mark just said this Sunday night. Love it. He said, you can either take care of yourself or you can let God take care of you. Mm I mean, I'm telling you what, God's a great caretaker and he's a great, not only starter, but he's a great finisher. Amen. And so. So you, you let go of the candle and the lighter. Yeah. I want I you go, to get back to I it. I got to I'm going to get right. back to that. I know we're, we're, we're heading, uh, close to time here. So Matthew 24, 12 says in the love of many, uh, shall wax cold. And so I wanted to just, you're going to hear it. This is going to be like one of those, like ASMR. <laughs> Which is, I don't. Yeah, unfortunately, the light was broken. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. Praise the Lord. My kids watch that. Mike. No more of that in Jesus' name. <laughs> I agree. So, anyway, as you can hear, I have just lit a candle. So, just for time's sake, if you were to let this flame sit long enough, the wax that was so hard. You hear that? Yes, I do. This wax is hard. Yeah. But come on. After time. What's going to happen is this wax that was so hard, because the flame has been lit, what's going to happen to this wax, it's going to turn to a liquid. Mm-hmm. And that liquid, depending on what direction you lean this candle, that liquid of that wax will begin to lean that direction. And so one day I was, I was sitting there looking at a, a candle, and, and God just reminded me that if you'll let the flame of love always burn within your heart. Amen then God can just lean you so slightly and you'll go in that direction because his love is so powerful. It's so evident that he loves you. He's for you. He's working in your life. He's your redeemer. He's your restorer. He's the source of life. He's the one who called you out of darkness. He's the one who rescued you. My wife talks about a lot, a lot about this is that, you know, he's your rescuer. 
Mm-hmm. And he rescued you out of a situation which was what? Hell, destruction. And ultimately, the worst is being separated from the one you were actually supposed to be in eternity with and in yeah. uh, full fellowship with. He rescued you from that. And so as you, I'm just describing this, right now as I'm looking at this, this candle, this hard wax is starting to melt. God's love, it actually, the psalmist descri- describes as his presence can melt a mountain like wax. Wow. Say that again. In, in Psalms, it says that actually his presence will melt a mountain like wax. So the issues that are so big like a mountain mm-hmm. will begin to be like wax because his love is so powerful. It will begin to take what seems so big, so right. great, so overwhelming, and all of a sudden it becomes like that wax. And God says, now we're going we're gonna to take that situation, we're going to go this direction. And you respond because his love burns so bright within your heart. Yeah. I love that. You said... Say that scripture one more time. It causes a mountain to melt. Like his presence causes a his mountain presence to melt like causes a mountain. See, a to... mountain seems permanent to us, but it's not eternal <laughs> in some ways, right? And so we are addressing it in this in in the scope of wow. I don't think this will ever go away. But something that actually is eternal, the love of God enduring forever, Amen. Takes that and puts it in its rightful place, which is temporary. In it, and He can melt that like. Like wax. wax. Yeah. yeah he'll good. take that situation that's so big. He'll take that unforgiveness. He'll take that uncertainty. He'll take that disappointment. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now here's the thing. If you watch this candle, there's a process. So we're looking for instantaneous moments. But if you'll just sit in his presence, mm. and what I mean by that, for those who maybe are listening and you're new to your faith, or you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Let me just say this. If you begin to come to him, he promises that he'll draw near to you. So whoever that is that's listening or you're watching this by archive and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not sure what you're speaking of. Let me just simplify it in this. If you'll come to him, he is called father. If you'll come to him, he calls you child. You are created to be called a son and daughter. And here's what I know about that relationship, because I'm a father of four. I know that when my kid comes to me running, my arms automatically open, and God's love will begin to open. His heart is actually already open. You just need to open your heart Mm -hmm. to him. So what would you say? Amen. Yeah, that's an amen. Say a moment. I'm sorry for jumping in on that. No, yeah. What would you say to the person who's hurt, has been hurt by an offense they've taken up, feel disappointed, and they may be a Christian, and they they feel let down, they're disappointed, and you're saying to spend time with God, but they don't even enjoy spending time with God in this moment, in this season of depression, whatever. What does that look like? Okay, I'm going to go into the prayer closet, I'm going to go into His presence, what do I do? I, I, how do I engage with God in that moment? Well, the first thing you have to do is your, your heart has to be open. And so you need to ask. You come to the one who actually has the ability. We respond to his ability. Your mom talks about that. Pastor Sean talks about that a lot through prayer, through teaching, that we, uh, we respond to his ability. And so you have to understand the one who you're coming to has the capacity. 
He literally has the capacity to take on those things. Which is an aspect of the fear of the Lord because you're making him bigger than the thing that you're dealing with in that moment. Right. Yeah. So what we do a lot is uh, we look at what we're facing and we look at that as bigger than God. And what is that? You're actually making that an idol. I'm kind of re-echoing what Addison said, and I know we've got to come to a close here, but that is exactly what we're doing. You can take a promise, you can take a defeat, and you can look at them, and once you make that bigger than God, you have now worshipped that thing. So as big as the hurt is, as big as the difficulty is, it's taking all your strength to just get your eyes off that, get it onto God in that moment. Yeah, we keep our eyes Amen. on Christ. That is, that, is the, that is the source of where the love comes from, is we come to the one right. who actually has the ability to take the care. And here's, here's the thing, when we cast our care, according to First Peter, when we cast our care upon him because he cares for us, you have to realize is you're coming to the one who designed you. You're coming to the one who actually brought purpose in your life. And so he wants to see the fulfillment of the promise in your life more than you do. He wants to see all that he's created for you to walk in more than you could even hope, think, or imagine. And so when you come to him, he's able to take those things and he's able to place them in the right place. He's able to bring you to a perspective that's going to give you an understanding. Yeah. So hope that helps. It it was great. And I'm just sitting across the table from you and watching you explain these things and, and seeing how deeply the love of God has impacted and moved you. And some of the things that you've been sharing, um, you know, I just think about perspective. Uh, it's different ways of looking at the same thing. So it's not a new subject. You didn't present something completely new. Yeah. You presented a new way to look at that. And that in turn gave new revelation. I think it's so important to always revisit subjects that we think we've got a grip on mm. and gain a new perspective. I've never really even viewed, I mean, the candle's great. It's got, we got great ambiance in this room. Right now. It's <laughs> yeah, wonderful. It's... But just, you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to revisit love again. And God pointed out that candle in your room and yep. gave you fresh perspective of his love. And now it's affecting your lifestyle and how you view him, yourself, and other people. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, man, look again. That's another, that's also what behold means is to, yes. to stop and look again, revisit something yep. you think you know, revisit it again. Yep. So now we're on the uh, portion of the podcast where we like to do the wisdom of the day. So that's just one thing that really stood out to you, something that you might want the listener to grab a hold of. Um, uh, you know, that was that was impactful. We can all three share something relatively quickly. I want to try and wrap this up in the, yep. the next six minutes. So I, I think this is just that one place because it was so revelational for me is um, every person is susceptible to their love waxing cold. Yeah. I don't care what your title is, what your position is, how many meetings you've spoke at, churches or traveled. Right. It doesn't matter. You are susceptible to the waxing cold. And the way that you defeat that or that you actually work against that, that the enemy is trying to bring, is you keep that love fresh. Yeah. And the way that you keep that that love fresh is you keep reminding yourself of his goodness in the word and prayer and that's how his love of flame yeah is burning strong and bright in your heart. So, I know right. I kind of said it a little bit different, but 
It's good. My wisdom of the day is perspective and ultimately the perspective and why this podcast went along was for you to share what brought you to this church. Yeah. And I definitely lose some perspective of what I have in this church and where I am, even in the valley and the beauty of the surrounding topography and mountain yeah. range and things Amen. I see, I lose sight of that. And just to hear how God drew you to this place, the sacrifice you made to mm. learn from the leaders and the body, not just the leaders, but the people who come faithfully Sunday after yeah. Sunday and add their supply, Amen. shaped you and is shaping your family, causes me to be thankful. Yeah. To look at God as he is a loving God who has great plans and purposes and draws people from north, south, east, and west yeah, so that I can have a greater, deeper appreciation for him and have a greater perspective of the things outside of the temporary things I'm seeing into the eternal God of love. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There's a lot of things I can mention, um, the candle analogy being one of them, but I liked what you said at the very beginning is... Uh, that when someone walks into a house, they're not immediately acknowledging the foundation. They're acknowledging all the amenities and things that really wouldn't be there unless the foundation was solid. And right. I think about something my dad always told me. He said, hey, dance with the one who brought you. And so there might That's be good. other people at the party, but those people didn't bring you there, right? Well, and sometimes you can be, you know, the person that brought you might be standing in the wall, on the wall in the corner, just drinking punch, waiting for you again. And you're enjoying all these other things, but they didn't bring you and they don't have an, a love and, and a, an appreciation for you. Like the one that brought you. And yeah. you finally go back to the one that brought you yeah. and you think, wow, what was I doing? So right. Good. Going back to your first <laughs> love, which is God, but just talking love, revisiting that foundation because it's what makes everything possible. I think of Colossians um, three fourteen. put on, love because it's the bond of perfection it's yep. what binds it's what holds everything together i got that right on my notes and <laughs> i just so, didn't mention it that's good uh, no that's all was sparked from what you said so thank you very much yeah um yeah love. we we have a practice as you know to have our guests pray us out of this podcast thank you so much for coming and would you mind doing that yeah absolutely well, father we ultimately uh we honor you we thank you for the grace that you've given to us Lord, we thank you for your love, that love, Lord, that begins to help us understand your love because you first loved us. Thank you for giving your love when we didn't deserve it. And so, God, I just pray for those that are listening right now, those who maybe have never experienced your love. They never understood that love according to John 3, 16 and 17, that you so loved. So that love was an action and you responded first out of love and then you gave. So I thank you. You're such a, you're, you're not only our father, but you're a giver. And so I just pray that you begin to, by the Holy Spirit, you draw in those people right now that are listening who don't have a personal relationship with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd speak to their hearts. You would point them back to what Christ has done. And Christ be revealed in that moment, that they would give their lives as Christ gave their life, that they would know that they shall have no other lovers but God, and that Christ is the one who brought them into right relationship, brought them into that redeemed relationship, that they've been reconciled. And so I just pray for those right now that, God, you begin to speak to them, show them. I pray for those that are watching that maybe they're already brothers and sisters in Christ. They have already had a personal relationship, but maybe they're just walking through a struggle. I pray that God, that you would strengthen them 
and they would be rooted in love right now. Because as they're rooted in love, I thank you that no thing will persuade them otherwise. They won't be persuaded this way or that way. They won't be thrown by the cares of the world, according to what it says in Mark 4. I pray, God, that they would begin to behold your glory. They would begin to see and have those Selah moments where they would just know that you are good, your mercy endures forever, that, God, that you're for them. And because of that, Lord, according to Philippians 1.6, God, that what you started in him, you're faithful to complete it. And I thank you, God, right now for those right now that are listening, that, God, you'd begin to do this and demonstrate your goodness. And I thank you. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow them all the days of their life. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Pastor Shane. Amen. It was a pleasure. Yeah. You're a scholar and a gentleman. <laughs> um, and thank you, listeners, for joining in each and every week. Um, looking forward to uh, having you uh, be with us the next weeks. <laughs> the weeks to come. Yes. The weeks to come. All right. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you or hear you, whatever, next time. <laughs> Catch you next time. That's what I was supposed to say. Catch you on the flip side.